I taste it now. Of course, now that's the first thing you pick up. <laughs> Salutations and shit, motherfuckers. This is going to be, um, I guess, the last episode before Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. So Merry Christmas, guys. Um, it's your host, D. Carrie. Uh, welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit. Uh, today, I am a little bit excited about, um, we've also had libations for the holiday, so bear with me. Um, shit, religion, travel, that's what it is. Religions abroad, how travel has influenced me in my interest in religions outside of Catholicism. So I was born and bred Catholic. Went to Catholic school my entire life from like nursery all the way through 12th grade. Um, went to church every Sunday until I was about, what, 15, 16 or so. And um, gotta say my parents did a really great job of releasing me from that when I started driving and working and they were like, oh, go ahead and make your money. You know what I mean? Go go to work as opposed to, you know, coming with us to church, right? And as an adult, I have, I don't want to say detached myself or stopped believing, but I definitely do not uh, claim Catholicism at all. I have a number of assorted issues with it, primarily the um, Catholic Church as it stands with, I never got down with the idea of a Pope. I don't understand how one human being born of woman the same way I am can all of a sudden become infallible. I know that it's not an all of a sudden process, but don't believe in that. And the whole idea of, and this part here I'm about to say applies to Christianity in whole, Christianity in as a whole, if you will, um, the, the Bible being a literal uh, book that you live, breathe, and die by. I, yeah, nah. To me, it's just like, uh, I remember, uh, Miss Gendron, I think she was freshman religion, basically said it was like, um, Aesop's Fables. The Bible was a guide for you to learn to live by so that you would live right and shit. But we all know the Bible says some really fucked up shit. Um, and I can't get behind people that use the Bible to condone and justify a lot of the fucked up shit that they want to do and do do to other people. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a Bible person. I don't get down with it. Also, after watching, um, Stigmata, I specifically remember learning that, um, there are plenty of books in the Bible that have been left out. Um, you know, so there's a lot of political shit to religion. And for me, that negates a lot of the spiritual part of uh, what religion should be. I am a spiritual person. I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in, um, you know, living right, of course, and all that other jazz. But I also think that an atheist can get into get into heaven, if you will. I just think that you just have to be a good person, live well, and regardless of whether or not there is an afterlife, um, while you're here, it just makes things a lot easier, I think, when you're a, air quotes here, good person. Um, so I say all that to say I was born and raised Catholic. However, 
I am not a practicing Catholic. I'm more of a spiritual person. I don't get down with any one religion in particular. I am a very curious person by nature. I love learning about things that I don't know about. I'm very interested in um, religions because they fuel the way many people live their lives. So I guess it's more of a, um, I know there's a word for like the study of people, but I really can't think of it right now. Um, but just insert that here, if you will. So for me, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of curious as to um, what is it about this that is good that I can take away and apply to my life because I want to be a good person. I want to live a good life, right? So I went to Thailand and in Thailand, I visited Big Buddha and Watch Along. I had an incredible experience at those locations. There was a resounding feeling of peace, serenity, comfort, acceptance, beautiful surroundings in terms of just the architecture and the, I don't want to say the way it was decorated, but just, it was very, very aesthetically pleasing. Um, I enjoyed myself there. And one of the things I definitely remember was being intrigued by Buddhism. So when you get to Big Buddha, once you climb all the stairs, it's one of those things, I want to say it's one of like the largest monuments that's like totally crowdfunded or something like that. All the money that goes into construction, to my understanding, has been donated from tourists and people that visit the location. So what you have the opportunity to do is purchase these stones, these tablets, if you will, and you can write whatever you want on them and they are placed like these little tiles, like they're stone tiles. I wanna say they're like two inches um, all around, like the square footage is two inches, I think. I think that's how you refer to the size of a square. I don't know. Um, anyway, the tile, I remember writing something on it. I don't remember. I have a picture of it, but I don't have it in this phone that I have now. But the tile was to be placed inside of Big Buddha because it's still under construction. And so it's kind of like you leave a piece of yourself in such a very um, sacred space, if you will. And it was a very, I won't say a very moving experience, but I definitely remember uh, feeling strongly about being there and strongly in a sense of, like I said earlier, peace, serenity, just, you know, happiness, acceptance. It was just a really nice experience. Like you didn't feel as if you had to fit a certain mold to be there. I remember while I was there, I ended up seeing this woman that had this incredible chest tattoo. Like her shit was sick. And I remember talking to her about, it. I was like, yo, that is so fly. And I was asking her, you know, like, you know, are you from here? Blah, blah, blah. We were having discussions about Thailand because I ended up getting a tattoo while I was in uh, Thailand. Um, holler at my uh, Instagram if you want to see that. I'll post the picture, if you will, so that you can see what I'm referring to. It's one of my favorite tattoos. And it's also one of the tattoos that people always comment on when they see my sleeve. I'm building a sleeve. It's about... I guess three-fourths done. It's on my um, 
forearm of my right hand. So um, it's very noticeable. So I get a lot of comments on the Thailand tattoo in particular. Um, anyway, I wrote on the tile, purchased the tile, wrote on it. Hopefully it's someplace in there. Um, so a piece of me is in that really welcoming space, a very reverent space. You're able to go inside and chant with the monks. Um, it was very moving. You know what I mean? You don't understand what I didn't understand what they were saying, but I felt like I could, I don't want to say resonate, but I could relate. Like you kind of begin to resonate with them. You know, the whole idea of energy and vibrating higher, like they were vibrating at such a peaceful level that you, regardless of where, well, I can't speak for anyone else, but at least for me, wherever I was, as soon as you walk into that space and really open yourself to their energy and their message, you begin to resonate with them. So you balance out, you become, I, I trying to speak more I as opposed to you because again I can't speak for y'all motherfuckers I can only speak for me so for me I was in a space where I resonated with them just a level of serenity a level of peace and I had no clue what the fuck they were talking about I'm really hoping they were talking some good shit because you know you never know a lot of I remember I had a friend of mine shout out to Alexa she was saying she knew someone I want to say it was you know an elder in her family had told her from young be careful of letting other people pray for you because you don't know what God they serve and what they're praying for. And I can definitely understand why that would be a concern. Um, I definitely believe that it is a concern. However, I think that I tend to be a little bit more optimistic in the sense where, you know, I know that I offer my prayers for plenty of people. Um, it's another one of those things that like if you read uh, books on crystals and stones and stuff, they always say never really place like a crystal grid, if you will, for an intention for someone else without asking their permission. Um, so energy work, spirituality, you know, it's crazy that in terms of Christianity, people always just throw out praying for you and your family, praying for you during this hard time, you know, praying for your success and granted for the most part, people really do mean good. You know, they're hoping for the best for you. However, I really do think that there is something behind being careful who you let pray for you because you never know. What if God don't like them? Now, I know that that's not necessary for me that I don't think that that's true. However, I do not think that everybody necessarily prays with the same intent or to the same beings. Um, so just a little tidbit note to think on. But for me, when I went to Big Buddha and when I was in that space, I did definitely feel safe. I felt peaceful and I felt a very calming level of serenity. Um, additionally, they had a huge poster and I know I took a picture of it. I just don't have it in this phone so I can't pull it up. But they did a really lovely breakdown of what the tenets of Buddhism are and you know like in a very basic sense 
So after reading that and that experience, I definitely became more interested in Buddhism. I remember listening to an episode of The Friend Zone and Fran recommended a book. Um, I think it's more so about meditation than it is about Buddhism, but I'm currently trying to get through it now. I just can't find the mental space to stay um, concentrated on one thing at this point, but I'm trying to read it in school. I think it, what is it? I think it's called Why Buddhism is True. Um, and I believe once I get into the book, I don't think I've gotten past like chapter two. And I've been trying to read it for a few months now. I uh, think it's about how uh, meditation, which is a very um, critical point or part of Buddhism, it's about how meditation is um, scientifically proven to, you know, benefit us. But after, I don't know if it was after or before, but I know it was the same day I went to Wat Chalong, which is one of the temples in Thailand. And I had a really big decision to make in my personal life. It was about um, where I decided to work. I had a decision where my job let me choose what location I would work from. And it was, for me, a really big decision because I worked in both locations. I had different reasons why I liked one over the other, the people, you know, the way it's managed, all this other kind of shit. And for me, it was a very stressful decision to make. And I decided that I would, you know, put it on the altar, if you will. I, you know, took some time to really think, to meditate, to, um, concentrate on what felt right and I made a decision while I was in Thailand and I definitely made that decision while I was at Watch Along. So um, that is that experience in Thailand was um, really, I don't want to say critical because it wasn't like a life or death kind of thing, but I know that I was very intrigued because of how I felt while I was out there and in that small chasm of what the religion is. Uh, the religion is more than its whole, any religion should be, and for the most part is more than its holy places. Like, um, you know, Christian, Christianity is more than going to a church. Um, you know, Judaism is way more than going to a temple, uh, to synagogue. Um, so a lot of it has to do with its people and how they make you feel as well. Now, the people in Thailand, I don't remember having, you know, any negative experiences with, but I don't know whether or not any people that I interacted with were Buddhist or not. So I can't say that my interactions with Buddhists in general has you know, aided or hindered my uh, curiosity towards Buddhism. But I will say that that trip in particular definitely did pique my interest. And um, it still piqued. I just know that I think uh, one of the tenants is like um, drugs and alcohol, and I definitely drink. So yeah, I wouldn't be down with that part of the get down. So don't think I'd be a great Buddhist. Um, Another trip for me that really opened my eyes to different religions was Cuba. So I'm certain that there's someone listening that can identify with all of their 
images of, say, voodoo and Sanseria being negative. The connotation in, you know, I guess American media, if you will, is that it's uh, witchcraft and it's black magic, it's dark magic, it's, you know, never anything positive is um, discussed about it. I know that there's that episode of uh, Law and Order with the little boy that wears the mask so he can identify one of the guys that killed somebody or some wild shit or whatever. And um, that along with, I think it's, what is it, Rainbow and the Serpent or Rainbows and the, I don't know, it's some movie about uh, voodoo or something, but it's just all of the images that I've been fed about these um, Caribbean religions have been trash, right? But I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm more mature now, so I realize that you have to look past media representation and figure shit out on your own. So when I went to Cuba, I had the opportunity through Airbnb because everything that I booked in Cuba was through Airbnb, except for my flight. I did my um, my housing as well as all the experiences that I did, which were all incredible except for one, but that has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. So past saying there was just one, we're not even gonna mention it. But Everything that I did in Cuba, I booked through Airbnb. One of the experiences that I booked was Afro-Cuban roots. So if you're going to Cuba and you'll be anywhere in the Havana area, I strongly, 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 heavily with a magnanimous emphasis suggest you book the Afro-Cuban roots, Afro-Cuban roots, tour with Adriana and her incredible team of guides. Um, it was basically, let me see, let me pull up the description for you so I can not even have to think about it. Okay. Here, oh, perfect. I have it open already. Okay. Um, in a nutshell, what we'll do, join us as we examine the melting pot of Afro-Cuban spirituality. We will travel to the township township of Guanabacoa, the cradle of Afro-Cuban culture. Once there, we'll visit a local museum, learn about the history of Afro-Cuban religions. Then we will walk the streets of Guana. wait, let me make sure I say it, Guanabacoa to see Cuban life firsthand. We'll meet Damien Ababalao, meaning father of mysteries or priest of Sansaria. He will cleanse us at his altar and explain how he sees into the future of others and gives advice based on his discoveries. We'll end the day sharing a cup of mm, aguardiente, the beverage used in all Afro-Cuban religious practices. Bruh. When I tell you we did all of that, we did all of that and more. They... Over at this experience, Adriana and Jose, hats off to you. It was one of the most incredible, incredible, incredible experiences I've ever had. Um, we met at a cafe. I cannot remember what my guide's name in particular was, but we met up. And what was bomb about my experience was it was myself and three other black sisters from Brooklyn. Like I didn't have to sit through this um, Afro-Cuban experience with a bunch of white people, which white folks, 
y'all cool some of y'all but it's like I don't want to hear about African culture African roots um people of color with that energy of uh, whiteness, if you will. I, I, I don't really know how to explain it with some of y'all get what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, but there's a certain beauty in being able to discuss and learn about your, um, like your a part of your culture. I'm not Cuban. So like Afro Cuban culture isn't my culture, but African peoples throughout the diaspora being, you know, moved through the slave trade is definitely my culture. So hearing of and learning of this in any country I go to, this is something that I definitely look for wherever I go. Um, I know Bermuda had a really, really, for me, had a really great experience in terms of um, African culture. But in this particular instance, it was even more um, of a soul nurturing experience if you will because I got to experience it with other women of color and women of color from where I'm from they weren't all naturally I don't think like all the girls were from Brooklyn but they all lived in Brooklyn so I'm hoping that I can get um those ladies together for an episode we'll see how that goes because it was it was a great great mix of energies and you know uh spirits and i i really enjoyed my time with the girls um so let's say we met at a uh cafe in the morning we talked with our host and he basically gave us the entire rundown of where and why the religion started from there we ended up uh we took old cars from the cafe where'd we go and we went to uh basically a museum of santeria in Guanabacao. We went there. He did a really amazing breakdown of all the Orishas, what their, um, I don't want to say like what their origin story is, but like what aspect of the religion they represented, what their conflicts were with other Orishas, how they're represented, how you can see that they're being represented in other people's homes. Um, basically a 101 explanation of the religion itself from that area of the museum we went to another area that broke down other afro-cuban religions um there were two more in particular that just that they discussed at this moment in time i cannot remember what the name it what the names are at one point i was so much better versed in it but here we are here right now and right now i don't got it but we discussed different aspects of Afro-Cuban religions in this museum. We ended up walking to a really, really beautiful uh, community garden. We sat there. We, just, uh, we discussed politics, colorism, which, according to our host, was not really a thing in Cuba. It's just like, for them, you're just Cuban, which was another really great experience. Like, it was a really great conversation. And from there, we ended up going to... Um, we walked out, was it in the same, we walked, so it had to be in the same city. But we ended up going to another area where we met Damien, the Babalao. Now, that was something that I was uncertain that I was going to do until I got there. I 
definitely believe in alternate religions. I believe in alternate faiths. I believe in alternate uh, points of view. I'm here for all of it and any of it. Um, I don't necessarily practice all of it and any of it. And this is not just about, you know, Santeria. It's about anything, you know, um, being Jewish, being Muslim, being atheist, whatever. Um, I guess not knowing or understanding what all I was getting into. Um, especially considering all of the information I had about Santeria in particular prior, right? So in my mind, it was just a matter of, I guess, being afraid. You fear the unknown. I know I personally fear the unknown. My One of my biggest fears is like open water. I... I don't do it. It really makes me uncomfortable. I don't like driving over. I don't like bridges because it's open water, especially like at night. It's just the idea of what's under there, all that can happen. Don't want to fall into a rabbit hole discussing it. But excuse me. Overall, I wasn't sure about what level of commitment I wanted to put into or what level of involvement I wanted to engage in, in terms of um, a religion that I didn't know anything about. It kind of reverts back to what I said a little bit earlier about be careful about who you let pray for you or, you know, that kind of thing, because you'll know what God they serve and all that kind of shit, right? It's essentially, I guess, where my head was at, because everything I had previously heard about it was negative so I kind of went off of my vibes we had the experience where we learn more about the Orishas we learn more about the religion and it's found you know it's foundations and a lot of it had a lot to do with Christianity I'm not going to sit here and try to explain it to you hit the Googles up hit a book up whatever you're uh choice maybe look it up um but once I got to Damien's house initially I'm not even going front something about him rubbed me the wrong way right I don't I don't really know what it was but something wasn't sitting right but the more I and I think that that was me placing like a mental block, if you will, because you come into it with your own preconceived notions about it as opposed to, you know, letting yourself kind of flow in the moment. So met him, he's speaking to us through a translator because he only speaks Spanish and um, I only marginally understand Spanish like marginally I pick up every like seventh word so you know the translators translating he's explaining to us what's going on um it's 
flowing. He's explaining what his part in it is and describing a lot of things to us. Um, and after he does like an explanation, we end up going to the back of the house and we have like, I don't want to say a party, but, and I also don't want to give away too much of what the experience was because I want there to still be a level of surprise. Cause when I tell you they had so many surprises for us, it was, I don't want to say like a kid in candy shop, but it was like, it was an incredible experience. I already said that they, I definitely um, suggest the Afro-Cuban um, experience if you go to Cuba and you're going to be anywhere in Havana. So anyway, we went out back. We just fellowship. We danced together. We sang together. We ate together. We drank together. The food was wild good, like wild good. And it was all, um, I don't know if it was vegan, but it was definitely vegetarian. There was no meat. So if that's your shit, parlay out there. Enjoy it. Um it was a really, really moving experience. Like, do I want to say spiritual? I guess. I guess. It was just a really grounding and a connecting experience that I had while I was out there. I believe that a part of that had to do with the company that I was with. I had, um, like I had mentioned before, the other young ladies, all women of color, all from New- like all living in New York. I don't think we were all from New York, but we all lived in New York. So we all had like that same energy. We all had that same vibe, right? And it was incredible. So that experience in Cuba for me, oh, might I mention, I did get a reading from Damien, the Babalao. There were two Babalaos there. And there were only four of us there. So we ended up like, and we all ended up getting readings. So I'm on live also. Hi, David. How are you? Um, maybe I'll make that a thing on Tuesdays. Go live or something. I don't know. Figure it out. But I see you. So you got a shout out on the podcast, yeah? Um, make sure you listen on Thursday. Um there were only four of us there and we all decided to get readings. I feel like I was the last person because everybody came out in tears. Like they were, they all seemed so traumatized. They were like, Oh, it was so heavy. It was so heavy. And I was really kind of nervous about what my experience was going to be when I went into it. I think I ended up having a really, really good experience. It surpassed what I, it surpassed everything that I preconceived on my own. Hi, Nana. My Nana's watching my live. Oh, my grandma's here. Hi, grandma. I'm recording my podcast, okay? This is what happens when I podcast. So I'm talking about my experience in Cuba just to catch you up, yeah? So the experience I had with um, Damien the Babalao who did my reading was incredible. And I came home with a better understanding also, and which I can say was probably one of the most useful pieces that I can bring back. I had a better understanding of my community because I serve the public. I've mentioned that before. And um, 
in serving the public, I remember like some things you don't know that you don't know because you don't know them. And then when you realize that you know them, you see how that changes how you interact with other people. And I can see how my interactions with other people may have been offensive to a certain level because there's certain things that I understand. And I will say that some of the things that I learned while in this experience, and I really don't want to go into detail about what everything was only because y'all don't need to know what it is I do for a living. It's not a secret, but it's not exactly something I want to share with the world either because I feel like there's a certain level a fine line of dancing between your personal life and your work life. And I definitely don't want to mix the two, but I can see how different people in my community I got a a glimpse into their belief system. I got a glimpse into, um, for some of them, their faith, if you will. Um, and so now when I see people come in with the beads on their neck, I know what it's representative of. I know, um, now, you know, that they're sons and daughters of different Orishas and that, you know, for at least the ones that truly believe it, as opposed to the ones that are just throwing it on blindly and don't really know what's going on. Um, and you can't, you know, I guess speak to everyone's beliefs, but, and that's not my place either. Don't want to imply that. But for me, I definitely can appreciate what I was able to take back with me from that experience. So overall, those two trips, Thailand and Cuba were definitely definitely places that stick out on the map in terms of what I was able to learn about religion and spirituality. Um, And I think that's one of the really beautiful things about travel is that it definitely expands your own horizons. Um, It gave me kind of... Like, it didn't make me feel like I needed to be something else. It didn't make me feel like I needed to believe something else. Like, just because you open your mind to other ways of life doesn't necessarily negate the life that you've lived. It doesn't negate your current belief system. It, a lot of times, can solidify your current belief system. It can, you know add to or you know I don't know is variate a word I don't know if variate is a word it can diversify if you will the beliefs that you currently hold so I gotta say that those two places in particular and I'm hoping for you know definitely more travels so that I can broaden that aspect of what I've learned from religions while on different trips and travels I am definitely oh of course Janae you don't watch when I wear my Janae's dance experience hat hey boo um I definitely am looking forward to 
more travels where I can experience other people's religions. But so far, it's just been the two. I'm trying to do like a quick glance back and see if there's been any other trips that I've taken that have opened me up to different religions. While I was in Costa Rica, I did sit in a church, but it was a Catholic church. It was definitely um, a beautiful church. It was a very calming experience, if you will. Like I felt good while I was in the church. I didn't feel any more Catholic than I'm not, you know, while I was in there. Sorry, grandma. Um, but nothing, there was no cultural awakening. Like I didn't experience anything that I didn't know before in terms of, um, religions. So yeah, for now, Thailand and Cuba were the two places that I have visited that have definitely given me a, um, sense of curiosity about different beliefs and different um religious cultures if you will so yeah I definitely had a great time on those two trips and I'm gonna jump to the here it is uh this week's quote when you visit religious sites and witness religious events, you allow the country and culture to communicate with you. Listen. And that was from my Google search. Nothing fancy. It was attributed to goingsomewhereslowly.com. Essentially, absorb what you can. If you're going to travel, there's a point to the travel. Whether or not your point be going someplace just for shits and giggles because you want people to see that you can go someplace, whether it be because you want to relax, whether it be because you want to learn something like in my mind. Well, I know not in my mind. I'm definitely going someplace in January. I don't know where I'm going, but hack. I just learned that Skyscanner. Um, who was it that put me on? I think it was my cousin, Chris. What's up, Chris? You told me about it or I don't know. Go on Skyscanner, you can search by date and price. Whereas I was able to do that on Google Flights at one point, but now I can't do it. Skyscanner, I can. So I can put in the date criteria as to when it is I want to travel, and then it'll give me basically um, a list of shit in price order. So that's what I'll be using now to decide where it is I'm going to go. So some point in January, I'm going someplace. Whatever I can afford when I actually decide to book. So that's to say, when you travel, you have a reason as to why you're traveling. Broaden your horizons past your own reasons. Whether or not your reasons be because you want to have great pictures to post, because somebody told you it was nice over there, because somebody else had fun over there, because even if you are intentionally going over there for whether it may be, um, I'm trying to think of the word, um, historical context or whether or not it may be for, um, cultural context and shit like that. Broaden your reason for travel not necessarily your reason, but 
once you're there, your experience there, broaden your experience past what you initially decided to go there for. If you thought you wanted to go for relaxation, definitely relax while you're out there. But while you're there, try to absorb the culture that's there. I feel like the different cultures that I have experienced while I've been traveling have definitely impacted me in my everyday life. I've been able to take the experiences that I've had while traveling and enhance my basic day-to-day shit. I understand the community that I serve better because of what I've experienced while I've been traveling. I have a different relationship with myself, I guess you could say. And I think I mentioned it in, no, I know I definitely mentioned, mentioned it in a previous episode. Part of it was because for some reason, me personally, I'm able to get past um, a certain, like I do shit on vacation that I wouldn't necessarily do while I'm home. So for me, I see how I've grown from those types of experiences. Yeah. You grow from the people that you meet. You grow from the experiences that you have. You grow from the decisions that you make. So definitely being open to absorbing the culture. The um, culture goes beyond foods and clothing and language dialect. It culture goes beyond that. It goes past, it goes through mannerisms. Just listening back to my, my own fucking self while this nigga Shatik running back and correcting shit and all that other shit. I'm listening to myself and I'm like, damn, like I hear New York. I hear like, I can hear what my little cousins hear when they were like, Oh, you stole New York, whatever they all, they country. You know what I mean? What's up y'all. Um, so that same open ear, that same open eye, that same open heart that you want people to have for you Definitely keep that when you're traveling and absorb that while you're out in these different places and definitely bring it back so that when you get home, you have a better base of which to work from and it just broadens your scope of understanding. It broadens your, it broadens, it broadens your, um, like a level of empathy and past what it is that it can do for other people, I feel like it just makes you a better fucking person, hands down. So, yeah, that's it. Another episode in the books. I feel good about this one. I enjoyed it. Could be the wine. I don't know. Could be religions, spirituality, feelings and shit. You know what I mean? Um, either way, holla at the kid on the Instagrams, underscore D carry, travel and shit underscore those are the different um well that's me your host d carry obviously and then also the show on traveling shit we're at the beats on film network studios and um we got another episode i'm gonna have some more guests for you guys i don't believe in promises but it's gonna happen so um holla at us next week bye <laughs>